Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Card Authority. We are very, very lucky tonight. Good evening. Oh, Welcome. I should know that by now. We are very lucky tonight to have, well, some may say a voice of not only this generation, but future generations. In the studio with us, he's been traveling around the world, jumped straight off his plane, straight on the media street today. It's good to have you back, Janks. And it's, uh, it's great <laughs> to be back. Is your wrist sore from all the autographs? It's sore. It's nice and tanned, as you can see. It's not just the light, it's legit. I actually got to go on holiday. So that was quite amazing. But uh, yes, I've been back for a few days now, and what a big few days it has been, AJ. And it all, uh, yes, all went. yes, Tara, and that really is Adam, Adam Janky in, in the flesh. That's in in the flesh, very flesh. Get your screenshots through now. Just captures through right now. Butters, Glenny, Wade, <coughs> Andrew C welcome. on YouTube. Welcome everyone. We love a good uh, Card Authority podcast too, as well. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple of weeks. G'day, Pete. Well, I sort of went away after we did the last one. I missed the entire release of Brilliance, but we'll get to that uh, shortly. I did have good intentions of actually. Hey, Stacey, I did actually have good intentions of doing uh, a podcast while you're away. But I mean, carrying the weight of the industry it was. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't find time. G'day, Tom. G'day, Robert. So Mason. Before we get stuck into the Brilliance stuff, yeah, obviously a lot of big, big things have been happening in the broader sense of the hobby outside of just AFL. Yep. And uh, go Billy. I was obviously afforded an opportunity this morning, which was fantastic to get on with 3AW again to talk about trading cards with Neil Mitchell, which was uh, a great opportunity there off the back of a huge, huge... So what, so what, so what happened? Yeah. So Neil was sitting there in the studio. Yeah. And he's like, cards, card authority, AJ2... He saw the Titanic post, obviously, yesterday, and he just sort of got you straight up on the phone and I, has I, a gun. I don't want to ruin a good story, but uh, unfortunately, that's not how it went down. Okay. It was more like 7.15 a.m. My phone started ringing, and it was a producer from 3AW saying, right. Neil's doing a segment off the back of uh, off this record sale. And I was just, of course, obliged. So what happened? Tell, tell us about the sale. Obviously, All right. So if, big, big yeah. record sale. Let's get down yeah, to, if to you what, stuck what, under a rock. Yeah. In the last, the last couple, couple of days. days over the weekend, something huge transpired, not just in, in trading cards, but also in the memorabilia world, because the biggest ever sale of a memorabilia item, which happened to be a trading card, went through. We had the 1952 9.5 graded SGC card of the Mickey Mantle tops rookie card uh this is the variation from the series that apparently a lot of it was dumped in the atlantic ocean around 1960 very hard to find the cards in general and certainly very hard to find the high graded versions so sold for 12.6 million us at auction which is an astronomical figure and uh the story is certainly doing the rounds at the moment it's a, it's a big sign also during the week as well there was a what was that a kobe bryant went for 1.75 million a refractor greater PSA 10 as well. So some really, really big sales over the last few days and certainly putting trading cards right back out into the mainstream. Media. So I guess for people that perhaps um, are more recreational uh, enthusiasts in the hobby market, give a little bit of a snapshot at why suddenly a card, not a great example, but a card 
can be worth so much money. And and 12 million is obviously astronomical money. Yeah. What are the factors that drive a card to get to that price above and beyond the obvious scare, scarcity? Well, scarcity and rarity is obviously going to be the main one. In modern trading cards, short printed cards are generally numbered or if they're unnumbered, they're advertised as being super short print cards. But for the most part, we've obviously got stamping and serial numbers. Back in, in years gone by, or decades and decades gone by, cards were produced in different ways and different volumes. They were utilised and collected and traded and swapped and all sorts of things were talked about, how cards got put in the spokes of wheels, you know, things yep. like that. Um, I spoke to, to Daniel Garb on ABC this afternoon as well about, you know, the situation with, with Tops. You know, Tops was a chewing gum company that then created trading cards to help them promote and sell their chewing gum. Yep. And then obviously cards became so big over time, they became a, a trading card company. Um, but cards from back in, in those eras as well were discarded. Like if they didn't sell, they threw huge volumes out. So you've got two things going on. One, you've got the fact that there, there may have been a huge amount discarded, so there's a limited amount to begin with, coupled with what's happened to them over time in terms of the condition. So therefore, finding those type of cards, and whether it's the Mantle or it's an Onus Wagner from, I think it was 1909, there's there's a lot of those older cards. And in a similar way, you can look at AFL and look at some of the Scanlon series, obviously the 63 Scanlons, which a lot of it never made it into public circulation. So as a result, you've got super high value cards from those releases. So apart from the obvious, you know, stories, like with Scanlons, it was left at a train station or the one we heard today that it was dumped in the ocean. Putting all those aside, who are the kind of people that are going and spending that kind of money on a card? Clearly, it's not someone like Minx, yeah. but is it is it more someone that is, um, you know, a rich investor or is it an investment fund or is it yeah, a... So like what, what, what sort of person or um, group of people are buying cards like this? Certainly over the last few years, we've seen things change. You know, the hobby is no longer just collectors. There's a full ecosystem of different types of people and businesses and operations and things that are going on. And with that has come investment at a very high level. I'm not sure if that card was bought by an individual collector, if it was bought by an, equi an equity fund as an investment play, was it bought by a syndicate of different people? I'm not exactly sure, but we are certainly seeing a lot more of that taking place. There's been a lot of public disclosure about uh, you know, private equity funds and different vehicles that have been set up and how much money they're deploying. You know, in 2021, it was the market analysis of the, the global trading card industry was worth $25 billion, which was up from 2018 when it was only worth $5 billion. So you'd had a 5x increase into 2021. And the forecasting at the moment, and again, whether it gets to it or not, is it's going to be a $250 billion industry or $270 billion industry within the next decade. So that begs the question, if you've gone out and spent $12 million on a card, they must have reasonably good expectations that they're going to get a return on that card at some point. If, if it's as an investment, absolutely. If it's a, like, I'm sure there's people purchasing trading cards, people in the same net worth category as people buying expensive pieces of artwork, multi-million dollar paintings and things like that as well. Yep. Now, is the expectation that all those type of items will appreciate over time? Absolutely. 
but I think at the time of purchase, that's not necessarily the main consideration for the buyer. But they, they would have they to be want a factor of want, $12 million. Sure, buy. absolutely. But they want it. Some people want that as part of their, their collection. You, it might be a billionaire that's buying the, you know cards like this for their own personal display or collection or I don't know, you know if you're putting a $12 million card on display. Uh, who, who knows? It's I relative. Know, yeah, yeah, I think but what it does show is that it isn't just individuals out there which creates a, a low you know, ceiling in the market. There is huge money being deployed and spent here. So as a result, it shows how the strength of the overall marketplace and how much is really actually taking place. And look, we've obviously, you know, through our other businesses here at RGB, we've got a series of collectors that we look after and buy master sets and certain things for them. Obviously, 12 million is daylight, you know, years away. But do you see a scenario down the track that a, let's use a, a dusty rookie car, for example, that was a couple of hundred dollar card and now is, you know, a thousand dollar card. Do you see a time in history where that card is? Ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollars. Potentially, it certainly can't go into the millions of dollars. I don't think, and we have to look at AFL cards and say, okay, although AFL cards are huge, they're huge here, and we're limited by head of population in that in that sense. As is anything in Australia, I don't see there being a time. Fuzziness. I'm just going to switch over to the other mic. Hopefully, that fixes that one sec, guys. I I don't see there being. A time necessarily where where it's going to become big overseas AFL cards, but I think price rises into the future will continue to happen and will be relative to that that point in time. And I think you know <clears throat> production numbers are actually decreasing on AFL cards and have been over the last five, six, seven years. You know, you start to look back at some of the DPSs from series from eight years ago yep. that were printed to like eight hundred. So as much as we may think there's dilution taking place, we're nowhere near the card volume that we used to be yep. on the numbering of certain cards. So again, historically, you'll, you, I would like to think you'll be able to look back in time and what you purchased your cards for during any period will always be more over a more substantial period. And, and we're certainly gonna touch the on right a little, cards. We're gonna touch on that a little bit when we talk about brilliance in a second. Um, I think, you know, overall, it's a positive sign. And we've certainly identified this for a couple of years that the way a community and a hobby turns into an industry is by having main, main, mainstream recognition of it being more than just a hobby. You know, it becomes, as you said, an asset class or the, something like the that. The industry is part of the hobby. Look at sports themselves, golf. Golf is a hobby. Yep. It's a huge industry yep. with all different types of people with, with different financial incentive taking place. You know what I mean? Yep. Like trading cards, it's a hobby, but there's all sorts of things going on within that hobby. There is industry, there is collecting, yep. there is someone who's just there to get the $3 a packet worth of cards to play with the cards, do what it is. with yeah, The business do. of cards. That's right. Like there, 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 there's, there's so many different parts to it. And as we're seeing AFL cards mature, it's things are moving more into line with operationally and structurally, yep. like other parts of the, the trading card world. And there definitely seem to be more operators and more people that are working in the business of cards that are trying to, you know, move it into another direction. Yeah. 
All right. Well, look, as always, um, you know, it's an absolute privilege to have Adam in the studio. And now Thank that you. he's it's great to be back. And now and now that he's, you know, Media Street Adam, it's um it's nice to have him back on board. But as always with Card Authority, please send through your questions. We will attempt to answer them for you as we're going out of the show yeah. now let's touch on brilliance um last time we spoke brilliance was just getting released um it sold out pretty quick you know minute 60 seconds whatever it was yeah um you know there was obviously all the usual rhetoric of bots and burners yeah. and so i was here for the stuff. on sale but i wasn't here for the actual release yeah. So release was good. Um, everyone was generally really happy with it. Card prices certainly came out incredibly hot. Yeah. Well, well above what we expected they would. They certainly started to pull back. Um, from afar, how did you see the tone and the interactions across communities? So so everyone knows. So I was away for three weeks overseas in a completely different time zone. But um, midnight my time was 7 a.m your time yep so i was speaking to aj every other day um and i was obviously keeping slight tabs on what was going on making sure that i was picking up the cards i need for my collection but also watching what was happening in the space as you said everything came out super hot price wise um some things have stayed at that price level a lot of other things have obviously dropped into probably where they should sort of be before they start to move back up again what are we, three weeks, three and a half weeks, four weeks now into release. I feel like uh, exactly as things tend to go, things come out hot, then people want to recoup their money. They can't get their, they finalize their trades or they finalize their sets. They begin to sell off excess that they don't want anymore. Yep. Um, I just feel like, again, everything's just happening really quickly. I feel like we've reached the bottom of the prices of cards at this stage. I, agree. I feel like when you look at the technicals, like the depth on eBay and stuff, it's completely thinning out. There's far less product being uploaded than what's going through and what's selling through. So the depth continues to diminish. I know from like a St Kilda perspective, and it would be the same across the board with most Victorian teams and some of the interstate teams, it's really becoming hard and apparent to find certain cards. I think brilliance given most cards numbered to 50 and then some cards numbered to 35 that people forget that this is also a series where people do complete master sets not just team sets yep and also there's a number of really big and important players especially on the on the on the called the veteran side of, of things which get collected by individuals as well so numbering to 50 Although it seems like there was a lot out there, it's become very apparent there's not much out there anymore. It definitely feels like it's dried up a lot from my there's perspective. Just, there's not many sales threads anymore. Yeah, well. and yeah. and the and the sales threads that are going up are probably the the less desirable cards from the less desirable teams. Yep. But I definitely notice, you know, a few cards from a Richmond point of view. You know, you haven't seen many Dusty Golds. You're not really seeing many Matthew Richardsons. Um, you know there are not so many signatures i mean there's a few that are pretty crazy prices but there there seems to be a legitimate restriction or very limited amount of stock that's floating around at the moment yeah. so look it seemed like a lot of look i didn't see many people that said they didn't get boxes or you know there's yep. certainly i saw a few people who got cancelled and things like that but for the most part it seemed like everyone got what they wanted yep it seemed like a lot of people if they bought two or they bought four, they opened one or two and then sold one or two. Yep. Certainly 
all the breakers, including us, had no issue acquiring stock. Yep. There were sellers everywhere. And that's, not, dry, that's dried that's up now. That's dried up now, but yeah. not, not just the eBay sellers. But at first, yep. upon release, like obviously, and again, from you and I speaking, those first couple of days, there was a lot of people more than happy to get their money back and more for half of what they had got from Select. Yeah. And then open what they got and i feel you know again not just as a business but from the the collector's ecosystem it's not a, it's, a, it's actually a really good thing it's not a bad thing at all because we know that money is regenerating back so there's people we know and i'm certainly not going to say anyone's names who sold us boxes and used the cards they use the money to purchase the cards sure. that they wanted from the series yep. which means it's just recirculating the money within the ecosystem which is really what we want to see what we don't like to see is is outsiders and you know yep. again you you're you know the intricacies of this maybe maybe just talk about a bit of what happened around release and the concept of of the bots and and discords and all that stuff that was going on i think that's important yeah so i look i certainly made a very conscious effort to learn more about this space and you know obviously we get sent tons and tons of messages all the time about um bots you know ruining the release and things like that and through my investigation and trying to learn more about it the bot mitigation that Select are using is quite substantial and we spoke to some third-party companies to give us some insights on that yeah and they certainly said the things that Select are doing um and look we spoke to some bot people too and they said it's just incredibly difficult to get through on the yeah. side yeah but what we did discover is there are discord groups of people and I won't, I won't name it because I don't want to give it attention, but they call them cooks, yeah. where effectively, cook being C-double-O-K, where they post an information about a shoe or a jumper or a PlayStation or an, a select box, yeah. tell them the details of when it's on sale, and then a mass group of people go and try to buy it yeah. and then flip it. Of which some could be using bots. A lot of them are just individuals. But um, the majority of yeah. it all is all and that's, individuals. And that's, that's why right. people see when you look on eBay, there's a consistency between a lot of the accounts which show they'll have the box of brilliance and then they'll have a certain type of hoodie and then they'll have, as you said, an Xbox or a PlayStation, yep. maybe some sneakers, yep. an EB product of some sort. Yep. And there are a wide variety of people that, you know, we traditionally would have called them just like sneaker flippers, but then they're, they're not even just sneaker just flippers. flippers. They are just, there is a whole industry out there of, of people and it really grew during COVID yep. that are doing this sort of stuff now. And and I think that's, it's it's been a combination of more industries above and beyond sneakers doing their releases online opposed to physical stores. Absolutely. So that's provided that opportunity. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think I, I might have said to you in passing at the start before release, I'd expect somewhere between five and ten percent of the print run yeah. to be consumed by these sorts of people. Yeah. Which it isn't a large amount of money, an amount of people, but you look at that being two, three, four hundred boxes. That's right. And it looks like a lot on eBay. Yeah. Um, and we certainly I, I tracked it pretty closely the first couple of days and they're there was probably anywhere between 100 to 200 boxes for sale on eBay yep. over those first couple yep. of days. In, look, and the other thing we did look at in that period too was how many of those were getting cancelled as well. Yep. So, and I think, again, this is where I think people need to appreciate how some of these companies and select being one of them go above and beyond. It's one thing to stop transactions at point of purchase 
using bot mitigation tools, things, you know, enter enterprise software that you can purchase and that you can use and, yep. and real time tracking and there's ways to do it. But then what we've definitely noticed, and it's been a trend with Select for the last couple of years, but they went super hard this time from what we could tell from eBay, yep. is they go and hunt down the particular types of accounts yep. that are that that are that are doing that, that are not in in the fair play collector game. Yep. Are there going to be casualties along the uh, along sure. the way? Legitimate sales that get cancelled yep. because they get pinged in certain ways or certain indicators? Absolutely. But for the most part, so many of those eBay sales got cancelled and listings yep. were cancelled never to come back up again. And, and I and I certainly asked some questions directly to select in a marketing meeting and you know they quite understandably didn't want to give me specific details because yeah. you know that's their ip of how they yeah. mitigate these things but the the overriding trend or or feeling i got from them was that they've always said they're trying to get cards in the hands of collectors that's right and if they have a look at i'm guessing accounts that have made a purchase that have never bought anything and clearly are somehow associated with a flipper account on ebay i imagine that is would fall into their metric of who oh, they can. Yeah, and I'm sure and I'm guessing a variety of different things. But, you know, there's an Australian company that specialises in this stuff. Yep. There's a, there's a company called Equal, EQL, and they are, have becoming a serious business. And what they do is they do the back, the back end of basically sales for a number of the big sneaker brands, whether it's Nike Direct, Foot Locker, whatever else it is. But it's becoming more prevalent because anything that's limited edition, whether it's trading cards, PlayStations or anything that's hard to get, as soon as the secondary market value is there because there's more demand and supply, yep. the door is completely open to all this sort of stuff. And we're going to see it happen more and more into the future. That's the reality. So a question here from Glenn. Do you both think that this happens with highlights and rising stars cards as well as only major releases? Um, the, the short answer is I would say no because there yeah. is not a limited and amount print, of those they print to order and yeah. squid has actually just put up that response there um they print those cards to order so there's a time period that you can buy it yeah. and whether it's 50 gets sold or 5,000 gets sold yeah. they print those yeah. so that is certainly not as prevalent it's more with these products the limited the limited run products well of which everything these days that also demand. but also yeah. have secondary market value yeah. for a quick flip yeah so right. a highlight you can go and buy a highlight doesn't mean it's necessarily worth double what the highlight is the next day yeah. whereas you go buy a playstation you know you can make x yeah. amount of percentage yeah. straight away and just look just to end there where, where we started off the, the concern that we have with those external people who have nothing to do with this hobby or this industry is the money they're taking the money out and it's not coming back through it's not being reinvested in people's collections or, or within the retail market or the retail retail the space business of cards. yeah and the yep. business of cards either so that's part of the issue you want to see if select is selling let's say a million dollars worth of boxes that are worth two million dollars on the secondary market we want to see as much of that money recirculating around because inevitably it leads to everyone then getting the cards that they want for their collections. Yeah, and I think there was big debate about people selling boxes in the early days. And obviously it's always a an emotionally charged period after a sale. But, yeah. you know, as we've said many times, you can collect in any way you want. And if you choose to go and buy four boxes, sell two, to then go and fund either your boxes it, or yeah. buy cards, 
no worries at all. And again, we're not really judging people on whatever they do on any commercial level. No, we're just saying what the impact of it is. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. But there is also going to be, you know, we we scream out for select to do things, and we have done that over the years. Yeah. There were clearly issues a year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah. It seems like they've done really or taken really positive steps. Again, as you mentioned, is it a perfect science? No. It will, it will never be. Like, no, that's of course not. It's how yep. do you appease the many? Yep. And, and uh, you know, some will always unfortunately slip through and suffer. Like of course. And, and, and slip through the other way too. So yep. it's just the way it goes. But I think we saw the most attacked AFL release we've probably ever seen from a, an external, we'll call it flippers market. Yep. I think they did a tremendous job well, look, to, to, to get rid of a bit. It's a, a perfect storm. It's yeah. a price point that is cheap. Yeah. It's the only product that Select do that multiplies two or three X what its retail is. Yeah. Supremacy only ever really doubled on the secondary market. Yeah. Optimum almost got to double. Prestige yeah. doesn't get to double or gets close to it. You know, pretty much straight out of the gate, four hundred, four hundred and fifty dollars for a box of brilliance. Yeah. You know, I think we stopped buying at about four hundred dollars. So um Crispy just made an interesting point that I just saw that pop on my screen. Will multiple drops come in or multiple drops per release come back? I would say probably no, Crispy, for all the things that we just said. If you put it in one drop, it gives more legitimate collectors a chance to buy product. If you split that out, that gives multiple opportunities, more rogue accounts, more rogue accounts to get, to get it. it. So I would say probably no. I mean, Jenks, you own select. Is that going to happen? Uh, based on what we've been doing of recent, I don't. I think the trend will continue of sticking with the single drop. And Glenn made a good point. Very grateful for the SEC membership, as I can just get my SEC boxes and then go and breaks and trade for PC players. And absolutely, you know, we sat here two years ago and you were not sure about SEC, and then eventually went and bought it on the eleventh yeah. hour. Yeah. Um, SEC has been one of the greatest initiatives Select have done. I don't see anyone ever complaining that, um, you know, it wasn't. And I think it, with, there isn't value for absolutely. Money. And with the, the annual renewal, squid, we're going to get to that yeah, in a sec. Annual, don't stress. We're going to come back to that renewal process and whatever the screening and everything, you know, should ensure that collectors continue to, to be able. If you're not on there yet, you've yep. got an opportunity to become an SCC member. Yeah, and whatever that is, like March or something again next it's year. It's generally just after footy, footy stars. stars. Yeah. I think it's between footy stars and whatever yep. prestige or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Um, so, look, Bruins has been really good. Um, clearly, the gold cards have been the sleeper, um, or not the sleeper, but they're going to be the ones that really hold their value. I thought the signatures always came out pretty hot, but are coming back into line where I think they are. Look, it's a fantastic release. Um, you know, again, don't think it's going to get much cheaper than it is now. So if you're holding off to buying cards... I would definitely be looking at buying them Again, sooner like later. Just the trend over the last couple of weeks is there's not, it doesn't seem like there's many cards up for sale. It seems like a huge amount of the products being opened. In saying that, we should see more emerge for sale at the announcement of the next release whenever that actually happens. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Bruins is a great release. Um, I can't believe those gold cards. You know, I've only just come back a few days ago, so I've seen the cards for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Ma with a question there. SEC allocation of boxes per release should be doubled. I just don't think it works, Sam, that if you end up doubling it, you then have less on public sale, which is restricting a whole heap of collectors that may not be SEC members 
um, wanting boxes. Again, it's not a perfect science, but you know, if you doubled SEC this time, that would be what four boxes. Yeah, so put it into there was there was only four thousand three hundred boxes. That's so right. there'd be nothing left. There'd be nothing left. Yeah. So it, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, um, but maybe in other releases it does. Like it's, and I'm sure yeah. they weigh that up on a case by case Absolutely. basis. People need to also understand it's not like there's five thousand members. Select has a, a, somewhere around around thirty thousand subscribers 30,000 accounts so yeah. somewhere around that we figure. asked that question one day yeah, yeah. it was recently so yeah. from memory it was it was it was in right the, around in the, the email database yeah it was right yeah, yeah that was right around 30,000 people have registered accounts that's 30,000 people that have capability or accounts to make a purchase whether they all do or not is another thing altogether but they have the ability to be utilized to purchase yeah so Again, don't think that there's a huge conspiracy of dudes operating bot networks just going after it. You are legitimately competing against a huge volume of people that you've never dealt with before because they're not in the Facebook communities. Yeah, and there's, That's there's, the there's a whole world outside of yeah. Facebook. Um, all right, so brilliant. Oh, there was a question about signatures. Is uh, Luke's asked a question. Is the thought that most slash any SIGs of any release hold their value? Um, look, I think that... It's a fairly general statement you're making there. I support but, it. Yeah, signatures are always down the track going to hold value, um, especially the short print stuff. Um, I, we have said multiple times over the years that signatures and autographs in AFL are undervalued, are highly undervalued. Yeah. Um, and the cost and the logistics of getting them, which I know through some other businesses stuff that I've done, is super expensive. And the fact that some of these signatures sell for the prices they do are insane. Yeah. Um, I guess you look long back trying to find signatures from the old days and they're just impossible to find. So um, it's it's a hard question to answer I'm, definitively, I'm, I'm Luke. I'm gonna be more of a straight shooter than AJ here. I'm right. absolutely with you, Luke. I think that, yes, there's amazing non-signature cards and what gives them value is the card quality coupled with the short print and the numbering fantastic but to me signature cards will always stand the test of time because it's got something on it that can only be acquired and happen whilst that person is alive card the cardboard can live forever the person signing it can't that's true so I, I, to me that's true signatures uh, are something special yeah hayden here with a, a question brilliant silvers was overkill with four per team could have easily pick a couple of names in each team that weren't needed. Haven't seen one person saying looking for Ben Allen. So just to touch on that, Hayden, if they don't do more players, they can't increase the print well, it's run. It's 2,000 less boxes. It's 2,000 less yeah. boxes. And then suddenly people are only getting one, you know, one box for SCC, not two. It, it, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, the fact that people aren't looking for Ben Allen, well, Fremantle is just a not a heavily collected team. So there is always going to be less demand once those handful of Frio collectors get those cards opposed to the higher collected teams. So I don't think that statement's quite right. And um, it's probably just, yeah, there, there, there's a bigger thing to play than that. It's not that simple. Um, da, 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 sorry, there's heaps of questions coming through. Yeah. Can I, I'm just going to go back to the squid one okay. just quickly. I know it's jumping out of brilliance. AFLW highlight this week was a sign of things to come. Will be interesting to see the print run and viability of AFLW cards. Disappointing, no rising star. So squid, absolutely, we're um we're really pleased to see more AFLW stuff 
and more things to promote the game happening. I'm sure we're going to see more either standalone releases or cross-pollination of releases moving forward. I have asked the question about Rising Star, and they've told me that it will be coming out next week. There were some logistical delays with photos and AFL, because it all comes through the AFL. So my understanding is next week there will be Rising Star for next week and this week they're going to run through oh, moving cool. forward. Okay, cool. um, but again, I don't know the exact way it works, but select a given photos because ASL, ASL media, media. AFL yeah, media. Right. Um, and if the media, they don't get the photos for them in time, they can't do the highlights yeah. because again, they're all printed. So yeah, long so story there's short. There's something you guys just learned if you didn't already know. The card companies, they don't use their own photos. They're not allowed to. They get supplied photos from the AFL. Yep. So they And then they, they pick and choose out of what they're supplied from AFL media. Yep. And my understanding is the AFL are actually involved um, in the highlight discussions. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not a complete select thing. Don't quote me on that. I mean, you own the business. Yes, but my, my, what I say there. Yeah. My, my understanding is that, um, yeah, it's just a logistic thing. So don't stress there will be uh, rising stars yep. next week. How quickly do you think Optimum will be? Uh, well, we don't know for sure that Optimum is coming. No, but um, I think it's fair to say... Through the leaks. We've seen a bunch of DPSs get leaked that clearly had Optimum logos Was it Paul on Connors? It. Uh, yeah, so Paul Connors is a big a big player manager and it yep. looked like a bunch of his players that he represents that, that he's got signed. Yep. Obviously, images were leaked out. It showed the Optimum logo. Select has not said anything official about it. Yeah, there's been no announcements yet, but I think it's pretty. When do you? It's, what, a, it's a pretty fair assumption. Optimum's coming. When do you think it'll come? A month. Look, ordinarily, it's August is when it came out last year. However, we've obviously seen brilliance come into that gap period, which makes, in my mind, logic behind it would say you would think four four weeks. Offset by four weeks so, to what it would normally be. They're generally two four months, to six weeks, two months oh, between I, I, releases. I would yeah. think we're, you know, in the next couple of weeks, certainly yep. some murmurs will start to come out. Yeah, and um, oh, I clicked on the wrong thing there. Some sorry, there's heaps of comments going here. How quickly do we think it'll sell out? I mean, again, we don't know any details about it all. I think the print run last year was uh 700 cases, 8,400 boxes, something like that. Something like that. So, and I think it was one for SEC for general sale. Don't hold me to that. But yeah. I think that's roughly e what it was. Either way, Cade, unless they did something to really stuff it up and, and you know, something disastrous to it, yeah. we're looking at an instant sellout again. It's it's that, I suppose it's a question of, is it done by the time you click refresh or do you get two times to click refresh? You yeah, know? I, like, I, I, I think it, it, it's going to be gone in an instant. Yeah, I think we'll... um. Yeah, you look generally if you are prepared and set up and push the button right on the release time, nine times out, 99 times out of 100, you're going to be able to pick up a box. Um, but again, never say never. Again, that's Jenks's fault. Yeah, either you know, way, though, my expectation is whatever it is, whenever it is, it will sell out very quickly. Absolutely. Prepare yourself now, expect something's coming, certainly in the next month Steve or so. Steve Massia, are we going to see the remaining teams get a Virtuoso SIG in Optimum? Uh, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Virtuoso wasn't part of Optimum last year, so they might, they might do it. I don't know. Do you know anything about that? That's a good question. What team's even remaining? 
Brisbane, GWS, North, Adelaide. Your, your guess is as good as mine. No I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, Pete Buchanan. That's, a, that's an interesting one, what, Pete. What do you think the bonus card will be? Cert 17 and Dominance 2 both had them. Yeah, so what Pete's bonus saying card. is... Yeah, so, so basically... So remember, Certified 2016 had the footy's finest was a case hit. Oh. And plus it had the, the patches. Yep. Then 2017 had the addition of the influential. Right. Dominance had the addition of what? What was the influential? Was the addition as well? Yeah. So Pete Buchanan's essentially saying historically, the second release of a series has had something else added to it. Yeah. Again, don't know. I don't know, but you know, if history repeats, then we. Sh- I yeah, personally, yeah, I, I, I personally hope they don't do influentials again. Oh, mind you, yeah, Wade's right. They had the gold headliner last year uh, as a yeah. non-checklisted card. Yeah. That's the Easter the, eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they keep going with that trend. Again, yeah. none, who knows? We're going to know that in a month, I guess, when it comes out. Um, but look, series two, obviously, we will bring you information as soon as we hear something. But um, Easter egg, what got? Yeah. 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 They didn't announce it. That's right. And, you know, that's fun. It's, I, you know, I still remember when Ming's opened the box here. Yeah. And we were like, what the hell? And is it was like this? a Kennedy yeah. gold yeah, headline. And he right. was like, what the fuck is yeah, this? That's right. That was classic. It was good. That was classic. Uh, just quickly, Ben Adams, as uh, as I said before. Oh, hang on. Let me get it up on the screen because people yeah. are listening on so podcast. Ben, Ben's had a couple of comments. No, they cancel orders afterwards. Lol. Even if you get one, you may not get one. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you were listening earlier, but as we said, you know, they clearly went through and did a bunch of manual cancellations after after orders had gone through. There would be a number of flags and indicators to them as to, to why orders get cancelled. Um, and obviously, when an order gets cancelled, the way the Shopify system works, I know this because we use Shopify on our back end, it automatically re-uploads the, yeah. that, that piece of inventory into the, into, the, into the management system. So again, as I said, I'm sure there's legitimate ones that ended up getting cancelled and fell through, but I would think that those would be, you know, you, you, as AJ said, maybe 100 to 1 or 200 to 1. For every 100 oh, cancellations, there may have yeah. been one which was a legitimate purchase, which unfortunately got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and again, some of those reasons might be to be with being newer accounts, newer people, less purchase history, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And look, I have seen over previous releases that some people have had an order cancelled. They've contacted Select, and Select have then reinstated their so, order. So, well, Ben did say that he contacted them. He didn't hear back, and whatever it is. So again, and, and you know, reply to his fucking email, no, mate. No, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. But, uh, look, and look, it's you're not the first one, Ben. And as as I said, I think they're trying to do the best they can. Either way, it's always going to be a shit show in terms of the way people view it. Yep. If they don't cancel orders, people are furious that orders didn't get cancelled. They cancel shitload of orders and a couple go through that maybe shouldn't have been cancelled. And, and unfortunately, it Ben, is is, unfortunately. You know, there's probably a lot of people that get orders in, and I'm certainly not saying this is you for one second, are trying to get additional orders in. They get them cancelled and then get upset that you know yeah i just think there's there's just too many variables yeah, it's too many it's too many the more so they don't do read to, anything yeah, too the internet. more they do to try and stop the bots and to mitigate the problems yeah the, the, the more variables come into play that's, so that's ben andrew we're on a ben rush here with questions ben we've talked about this a few times hey boys do you think we'll see numbered cards at less than 25 do you think that's a good idea that's you i'm we started at probably an episode one or two of card authority i maintain the same position 
25 is the tested number in my opinion yep we did talk about maybe something super special comes out one day at number to 20 but 25 in 2019 the market was tested to that to that rubber band of 25 we'll call it yep. i think since then there's so many new people involved i was saying probably six months ago 12 months ago that i think 40 numbered cards to 40 are the equivalent of numbered cards to 25 from two or three years ago yep so i i certainly think it's if they do go below 25 they have to really then consider that there is no future in team collecting yeah, and, and I, I it's, it's a hard no for me too because yeah. fundamentally there are still so many people that are team collectors. Um, you know, it just doesn't work, you know. Yeah. The idea, like there's been so much discussion over the last 12 months about how the scarcity of cards and because of the volume of people now involved, it's hard for people to do full team sets because it's become so competitive and expensive. But the reality is that's not shining through the, the notion that all these people have bailed out doesn't act it's not there yeah it's not there the vast and overwhelming amount is still team collecting yes player collecting is becoming more popular individual set and card collecting is as well but we are still in afl underpinned by team master set collectors so again i i yeah it's a no from me i i, I don't see it ever happening anytime soon and select have been very clear that they don't think uh yeah uh mason thoughts on the new regal 101s and 10-year draft prospects we talked about 10-year draft prospects look some of the cards look good but at the end of the day they're a non-licensed product of and they just don't really hold value um yeah so the, the, definitely the thing in the short but a couple of them look nice yeah in the short few days from what i've seen certainly in terms of, of threads and posts and stuff like that some of the cards really do look 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 awesome the aesthetic and stuff looks fantastic but as aj said the concern at the moment is i'm not seeing really anything change hands so there's definitely a lack of perceived value which as you said i think because it's not certified by the afl and there's not no, current players yeah and it's, it's not accredited there's no performance-based playing because there's no current players it, it's it's sitting sort of in a no man's land at the moment. Almost. Is it memorabilia? Is it? Well, it's, it's like that's it's... right. It's probably more and more in the memorabilia realm. Yeah. As to where it's situated on on yeah. And there's uh, it's and an there's, interesting one. And there's definitely been you know as you look at some breakers and also, um, you know some sales posters we just said not really a lot is happening on them. So I mean look if it's your thing go for your life but I certainly wouldn't be investing huge amounts of money into it. Yeah. But you know their own choice uh we'll select win the license again janks uh so i have you have you won the license have, um, you, have you lost the license so look this is uh, this is the reality of what i believe in my understanding of licenses and how they work <laughs> and particularly the afl license and yep um pretty much select and team coach both have very long-standing histories with the afl including licenses which they both currently have just don't there's been a lot of conversation going on about this the last few weeks it seems to be fairly unwarranted to be honest um unless yeah. you guys know stuff that we don't yeah unless you know stuff that we don't certainly i i can't see how anything changes for either select or team coach in the future yeah, yeah anytime in the future also. and as far as i know both those companies have current have current afl licenses lengthy licenses yes. and they've been paying the afl a lot of money for a lot of years so yeah, unless you know something we don't, Richo, um, I think it's pretty safe. 
Uh, no tops of fanatics. Yeah, well, I mean, fanatics, obviously, they're buying around heaps of Yeah, and, and certainly, make no mistake about it, whether it's fanatics or, or tops or anyone right now versus cards in the, you know, companies in the in the past could have been TLA for years or, or whoever, attempts from scanlins, all those sorts of things. The reality is there's always people tendering and trying to put through for all licensed categories, not just trading cards. It's sure. in every category. Um, and there would certainly be more trying to do it at the moment, but I don't see why the AFL, especially after the last couple of years, would deviate from what they what they were okay. doing. Uh, Solly, why shouldn't Select do Supremacy 3 this year? Well, they've done brilliance. I can't see them doing another, I guess, what we call it, a Series 3 or a big release. You know, if they were going to do it, I guess they do, do it think, next year. Do you think there'll be something else after Series 2 this year, like a Christmas-style release or something like that? I don't think they'll do Christmas packs again. Uh, but they may well, do... Something, not Christmas they, packs. They, they, might, you know, they may do... Uh, they may do Supremacy yeah. Rookie. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would they like to think they'll happen. do Supremacy yeah, Rookie. Yeah, I can see that happening. I think that, that, that logic says that they would do Supremacy Rookie or something similar again. I can sure. see them doing Supremacy next year. You know what I mean? Every two years, they took... A year off and then Bruins back this year. That would be my guess, but Solly, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, Richo, will Panini lose their license change NBA cards? I don't know. That's probably a lot of unknowns because there's still a couple of years before a changeover. But, but, but also on that, there's a bit more to that, Richo, as well, which is so Panini has essentially lost the forward license of, of a few sporting categories in the US to Fanatics. But the flip side to it is Fanatics already announced that they are farming it back out to Panini. So all the pre-existing production and pre-existing brands still Names, exist. Yeah. Panini as a company still exists. Instead of producing the cards and selling them directly to the market, they're producing the cards for Fanatics. Yeah. And Fanatics is selling them to the market. So but we won't know that for a couple of years. Yeah, but I, I don't think it changes the landscape. It's definitely, it, well, I think what changes the landscape is the fact that people and the mainstream is well aware that there are huge companies around the world putting massive money on the line in the trading card sector. And to me, that shows that trading cards as a marketplace and as a hobby, as much as it's going to have ebbs and flows, and yes, we've seen a drop in the NBA and certain other categories off their highs last year, the reality is companies don't just put in big money and invest in something they expect to collapse two years later. These are work on 10-year cycles minimum. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, markets, it and shows it's, market strength. And it's still too early to call. Yeah. It's still a while. I'm going to fire through. There's like heaps of questions coming through, so I'm getting through these as quick as we can. Do you guys think the redemption cards are dropping in value in a resale sense due to the effort in postage? No. no. Don't see it. Don't see it. Uh, would there be any grievance from Select about Team Coach over their new high-end gold cards being produced? I don't know, Jenks, you upset. Inter interesting question. However, I think both companies, and again, with my understanding of licensing, not just around cards, but all categories, is they know there's very specific stip stipulations as to what you can and can't do. All license holders try and straddle the line of what they can and can't do, and they certainly test each other at certain stages. My understanding is Team Coach, they can't print serial numbers on what they're doing. They can't. What's well, a game coach? That's right. They can't do yeah. signings. All their cards link back to a gaming system. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with, with what they've done in that sense. And I'm sure after doing it for a second year in a row, 
there's no problem there I'm, from the AFL. I'm pretty sure select and team coach don't really care what each other's doing. Yeah. Uh, tracking NBL cards, what's happening there? Tyrone, Tops. not sure. Tops has got it. Yeah. I think they said they were going to do something for this season. Yeah. Um, still, we haven't had a lot of information about yep. it. Yeah, just so you guys know, though, AJ and I did attempt a tender at one point yep. to try and be the publisher for NBL. And we didn't win it. No, we didn't win it, but we got close. <laughs> we did get close, but good on uh, good on top. So I'm sure they can do yeah. a far better job or larger job. Maybe not better. Not better. Bigger, bigger yeah. job than what we would be able to do. Uh, no, 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 no. When I say we, AJ and I, not we as in select. You know? No. <laughs> um, I heard... Oh, Richo, I heard Bruins came before Optimum because of unscheduled delays. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. I think select, when I asked the question, they understood that everyone needed a little bit of respite and they thought they'd just give a little bit more breathing space before whatever series two is. So they did brilliance. Yeah. Um, so that's just, all we know. Obviously, you know, AJ repeated to me that conversation that was, was had with them and it sounds like they were very forthcoming in saying we have our schedules work 12 to 18 months in advance when we were already programming 2021 with all the releases and, and with supremacy being in that year they had set up their programming accordingly. Obviously, we only got told this, or he only got told this a few weeks ago after it was announced that there was a method to the madness. So again, obviously- And I think, and I personally, I think they nailed it. Yeah, if, there was if, fatigue. If, if we, we, had, we talked about it. I'm sorry, but yeah. we talked if about- we had Optimum a month ago- Go back six, nine months of Card Authority. There's every chance that people in, in this podcast and you guys in, in the comment section, it, it, with us, along with us, planted the seed that they they needed to be careful of financial fatigue in the market. Yep. They've clearly taken note of it. Have they given us credit for it? No, but I'm just going to take the credit on behalf of the community. Uh, David Garvin, little observation, kids collect team coach and asked me to sell some of their cards. They pretty much sold instantly compared to some of my select cards. Different. I mean, we the, the reason they're selling is because other kids need those cards, and it's really interesting to play the game. Yeah, exactly and right. Parents buy it for them. Yeah, and and stuff exactly like that. right. And we certainly see that in Footy Stars versus Team Coach. They're two very different audiences. The last couple of years has been a small, you know, a percentage of, of collectors who have come in and bought some of the Team Coach cards. But when we see our eBay sales, there's two completely different groups of people. There is a lot of parents buying for kids the cards that kids need. And Glennie, no, yep. probably no need to mention about stuff like that. I'm using none, nonetheless, but we don't need to. Uh, some of some of the memes that went around were very. Uh, funny. Richo MBL MBL is the MBL trading cards. Uh, Richo, I think he knows. Uh, he's trolling us. Oh, there you go. Yeah, MBL. Uh, select leaving money between releases so we can go in breaks, probably burn. I mean, that's what a genius whoever came up with that one. Well done, Janks. Good job. Thanks very much. Um, okay, so we've covered, I think we've pretty much covered everything we wanted to. Am I, am I forgetting anything? Unicorn hunting, we've got we'll something to, to go. Yeah, we'll get to unicorn. I think there was something else I wanted to talk about. I think Bernie said something earlier about repacks. Obviously, that seems to be the flavor of the yeah, last repacks. couple of months Obviously, as well. you know, we've done some repacks at RGV. I've noticed a few other breakers. Obviously, Cherry were probably the path beaters with that. Yeah, Cherry got in. It was Cherry in, Pie. They've done it for the last couple of years. Obviously, yep, the guys over at, uh, over at Fast Breaks did one quite early on as well. Yep. Obviously, you know, repacks have been a huge thing in all other sports and especially NBA. Yep. Um, you know, Jono from Mailman has been doing them for it's a long huge time. As well. It's been yeah. huge. And yep. it's certainly nothing new. Cherry dipped their feet in. 
couple of other people have certainly done it. We've given it a little bit of a go as well. As with all, you see people who are very happy, then you see complaints. Like with everything, and especially like with breaks, like with repacks, like anything, retails, whatever it may be, just do your research and choose your own adventure. Yeah, like, and, it's and, up to you. And we certainly know, and we, you know, no judgment on anyone else doing. We like to be pretty transparent with what we do with ours. Um, we're probably going to do another one next week, funny enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, you know, some people like them, some people don't. Choose your own adventure. When a Raz is coming back, you know, we actually talked about that today. Yeah. So, so they could be coming back. Can we talk about Minoir? Well, Minoir is one of the great, one of the one great of members of the, of the, uh, the great members of the hobby. Put your hand up, Minoir, if you're around. <laughs> uh, oh, Graham. Yeah, we did forget that. Our uh, infamous, you might have covered it, but what's your guess on percentage of brilliance open? Okay. I'm Janks, just, we haven't so, talked so, about so it. I, so. missed, I missed the ferocious opening, but I'm going to have to say, based on what I can see card-wise availability in terms of singles, I'm going to say that like 70% at least has been opened and whatever is really remaining is either sitting with breakers or sitting with people trying to sell to breakers yep. or people holding for the long term. And that can't be more than 20% of the run. So what's that, 800 odd boxes? Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I, I would have said 70 or 75% off the top of my head as well. So we're pretty aligned here. I mean, um, you know, I know what a few breakers are holding and obviously we know what we've bought. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. There, there wouldn't be heaps. RGV merch. We can definitely look into that. That'll be something that we'll uh, do. Yeah. When we'll, well, a few lucky people have got card authority caps from, uh, from the, I, the I think Will, who works for us, is still waiting for his RGV jumper he's been asking me for uh, for okay. about three we'll months. Get, we'll get some stuff organized. Yeah. Uh, bring back RGV razors. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. coming back. We're just waiting for the right time, Crispy. Yep. Don't worry, they'll be back. We we all love our razors. People seem very fun. focused in different areas, so we're just trying to find the right uh, yeah the right time to do that. And certainly another good opportunity. Um, Mason, I think over ten of the O one Gold Bruins thirty fives have been hit. Yeah, that sounds about right. That. I think the count on the Lenny Hazers is over twenty so far that have been made aware of. So I oh, because you know someone's, yeah, tracking, someone's tracking the Lenny Hayes ones on the Saints guys. He's yep. tracking the Lenny Hayes, and it's going to be somewhere around the 20 or so mark. So, uh, yeah. Wayne, we probably won't talk about that. There's no point talking about that sort of stuff. Um, I think everyone's had their speaking about it. <laughs> um, bring back the wheel. Don't worry, Burn. The wheel will be back. The wheel's coming back. If you're not doing Unicorn tonight, no, I am going to do a unicorn. unicorn. Don't worry, Hayden. Any idea on optimum release dates, guys? Again, we sort of touched we on this before. Sometime in the next four to six weeks, we, we Gen assume. Generally, it's like two months between every release. Yeah. So when was it? It was start of start of this month, Bruins was. Start of all So, you know, probably the end of September. Um, uh, Max King base. And yeah, Stacey says, think that. Uh, well, I think, Stacey, what you've won four St. Kilda cards in like 24 hours yeah, at Stacey's, RGV breaks. So, well, on the Saints breaks. Yeah, you've uh, done very well. Certainly, the Max Kings are hard to find, and I don't have a lot of them, so I'm not responsible for that one. All right. So, unicorn hunting for today. We've been a little bit quiet on unicorns this year. Um, yeah, I think you've got a couple more weeks to save, Richo. We all do, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Unicorn this week. Now, we've seen a few people ask us for this card, but we've also got in touch with someone that's been harassing us for it. We are looking for a Paddy Ryder Supremacy 2019 Superstar Signature Patch Booklet. booklet. Yeah. So 
He's wearing Port Adelaide colours in, in Port that. Adelaide colours. Um, you don't really the see them around. person's been looking for a couple of years for it. Yep. Some would be aware who he is because he's posted a fair bit about it. It just seems super hard to find. I was saying to AJ before the show when we were talking about the unicorns, before when the Supremacy came out, there was people giving them away for $200. I got yep. offered multiple. I didn't take them at the time. Didn't that bite you in the ass? Yeah, yeah well, I, I, look, I didn't collect the, the Port Adelaide cards anyway. No, but what, what about your infamous Rewalt booklet that you said no to for yeah, like 400 right. bucks yeah, or exactly. 200 bucks or yeah, something? Yeah, bought it for 1250 yeah. Um, yes. Anyway. Yep. I know with Paddy Ryder, it seems hard to find. The Port, Al Port Adelaide ones, are they've been stashed away. So if you know or you have one that you'd like to sell, get in touch with us. We will certainly connect. Paddy Ryder, number to 25, Superstar Signature Patch booklet yeah uh there was a question there that i just wanted to yeah no one wanted them in 2019 absolutely yeah. uh price what do we think the price on the neil brownlow predictor is well i saw butters had uh put something up on instagram oh did he i think i think i'm pretty sure it was butters had something on instagram actually check that out butters collection yeah the butters oh, collection on instagram so thomas young thomas butters yep. uh, he had something up about the neil bp had just started cooling all of a sudden. Um, well, who's the favorite? Well, is it Neil? I think he is, but he's drifted out to three dollars now, or something okay. like that. And he's we've seen a slight cool in the price. Butters, if you're watching, feel free to pop some information in the comments there. But um, yeah, definitely check out the Butters collection on Instagram. You can see he's tracking what's going on with the Brownlow movement. And and I think too, with any of those, especially interstate players. Those platinums are always going to land about seven, eight hundred dollars once they win. The winning ones, yeah. yeah. And look, it all depends which team it is. You know, that's what lower end teams five hundred bucks. So, well, I think yeah. interstate more. Yeah. Probably if they were Melbourne based, it'd be a little bit more. And then they'll they'll sort of they move down to about six hundred bucks after everyone's got yep. them. That's just a guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're looking to buy one, I guess what I'd be scared to buy the platinum one. one. Yeah. So what I'm pretty sure what I saw was the last one sold two days ago for two hundred and two dollars. That seems cheap. Which is cheap, and that's what yeah. I mean by they've I would have said three to $400 sounds the right price if you think he's going to if win. Going to win. Uh, Glenn, I wanted to actually, I wanted to bring this up. So someone posed a question somewhere else uh, on a thread the last couple of days. What happens if there is a multi-way tie for the brown line? Well, either you're going to get a booklet with three players. I don't know, you get no. three booklets. Well, it's got to be three booklets because if you've got card number one and I've got card number one, we can't split a three-person three booklet. Three booklets, true. Never so about that. they're going to have to produce multiple booklets. Hey, guys, if there's a three-way tie, we're going to have to produce three lots of booklets. So, um, yeah, that would be the answer. If there there would be multiple Brownlow booklets for the winners, it wouldn't be a, a joint one. That's my understanding. Coleman booklet. So Coleman medalist. Yep. Being determined. Yep. Have, have you printed them yet? Haven't printed them yet, but I would expect them. They came around Footy Stars released this year, didn't they? Or did they come yeah. earlier? The Coleman? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, It'll be don't expect months. it to come in a week's time, basically. Yeah. It's going to be a bit of time. And, and the other thing, too, is being that it's Carlton, and unfortunately, they didn't make the finals, um, those guys would all be off for a couple of months now. Yeah. So it probably won't be till Christmas, Yeah, just at a guess. Yeah, imagine losing by a point after being in the eight the whole year. Yeah, I'm brutal. Lucky. I'm lucky. How did to go in the finals? Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big odds and dusty to the Gary Ayers medalist. Absolutely. Gowden. All right. Look, it's been a fun show. Thank you very much. Obviously, it's fantastic always having you guys ask questions and you know, we try to answer and help as much as we can. Um, yeah, the Bruins presses are running burn. We've got them making some more now. <laughs> um, 
So thank you very much, everyone. Really appreciate it. Yes, Jenks, fantastic work on Media Street today. Three out of you, ABC. Yeah, ABC. You even sent me national. You even sent me voice recordings, just pretending to be on air. Regardless. Um, thanks a lot, guys. You guys all take care. Be kind, you so kind to each other. Um, good luck with your collecting. Buy out your Bruins cards because they are drying up. And we look forward to catching you guys. Thanks, Crispy. In a couple of weeks. Thanks, Crispy. Thanks, guys. I feel Thank like we're really we're getting back in the groove now. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and hopefully, we know more information about series two, which we assume is going to be optimum in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Cool. Thanks, go, guys. Go Tigers. Thanks for the permission.